it's your girl Neko Yasha, aka Danny, and things are looking a little different today for today's episode of the Blurb View. Uh, I don't have my usual Johnny D here, but fret not, I do have a special guest with me. Hi guys, I go by the online handle Mr. AJ Cosplay. You can call me AJ. I am a cosplay model online, a content creator, uh, and journalist and YouTuber. I've got a lot of things under under the umbrella of uh, what you would call my my hobbies, I guess. Hey, so. We love a, a, a very multifaceted person. We love to see it. Mm-hmm. I'm also the co-founder of the uh, Cartoon Cypher YouTube channel, which is a, a brand that is dedicated to kind of myth busting and breaking down a lot of aspects of the Western anime industry. Perfect, perfect. So that brings me to the million dollar question. How did you come up with your cosplay handle, Mr. AJ Cosplay? Uh, it was kind of like random. <laughs> so so the, uh, this was like years ago. Um, for, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm 27 currently. This I came, probably came up with my handle way back uh, when I was still in college. Um, my at the time my uh youtube channel and my and my cosplay name were kind of linked together i started getting into making youtube videos about mm, about six years ago mm-hmm. um at the time i was planning to go to law school after i graduated college oh, so i wanted <laughs> <laughs> but i liked the idea of uh seeing people making content on youtube that specifically talked about anime so i thought well, I want to do that. And it was around this time that I started getting more serious about during my college years was when I started getting more serious about cosplay. So I wanted to combine the two. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I got to pick a name that can kind of be used for both. Um, so I went with uh, AJ because that was my friend's nickname at the time. And oh. AJ also could stand for before my YouTube channel was called Anime Justice. So AJ. Ah. I'm like, I'm a guy that talks about anime that's going to law school, anime justice. And then I just slapped cosplay at the end of there. So it became Mr. AJ Cosplay. And uh, like I said, that's why if you go to the Cartoon Cypher, the URL is still Mr. AJ Cosplay, even though the channel is called the Cartoon Cypher. It was rebranded about Mm -hmm. four years ago. Um, That was when uh, me and my current uh, business partner, who, who was also, I met him through making YouTube videos mm-hmm. uh, at the time. And we we became close friends. He's one of my best friends. And uh, we, at first we had separate channels. We made our own content, but we always shared ideas, looked over mm-hmm. each other's scripts, gave each other advice and stuff like that. And then uh, a lot of other people saw that and they said, why don't you guys like just make content together? Like that seems <laughs> like the, that seems like the, the obvious answer. So it's like, Okay, so we gave it a shot, and uh, then we rebranded the channel as the Cartoon Cipher, because uh, that was more of a general broad name because we weren't really sure what content we wanted to make. Right, right. We didn't even we weren't even sure if we were just going to talk about anime. So we wanted to we called it Cartoon Cipher because anime is still technically cartoons, and mm-hmm. we wanted to be able to also talk about like Western animation and stuff like right. that. Um. So this ties into a lot of the question. The reason I'm going on is because it ties into a lot of the questions that um, I know you wanted to ask, like 
how the channel kind of became what it is. Right, right. Because um, I actually didn't end up, well, I went to law school uh, and it was not for me. Uh, <laughs> fair, that's totally fair. Don't, don't go to law school unless you really, really are sure you want to be a lawyer. Um, so I uh, ended up switching majors. So I dropped out and I was uh, preparing to go to another grad program. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I had about a year off. And during that year, I took down, took on a lot of part-time jobs. And uh, that's when I told my partner, hey, I've got a lot more time now. I mean, I'm working part-time jobs, but I have a lot more extra time. I re I could not work on content while I was in law school. It, it was yeah. a nightmare. Um, so I was like, why don't we just throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks, basically? <laughs> right. Like, why not? You know, I got this time and we're both making stuff. So like, why not just mash ideas, you know? Yeah, I mean that that was more like the the channel was already kind of made at the at the time. We just weren't sure what kind of content we wanted to make. Um so we just made a bunch of different content. We made uh we made videos breaking down music, which are still some of our most popular videos on the channel. And uh that's something we still want to do, but I'll get to that in a second. Um I remember the first video of ours that really did well. Um and this will really show how how long ago it's been. Remember season two of My Hero Academia? Oh my God! How long ago? That was that was about three season? years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was the uh, it was during the tournament arc. Oh my uh, gosh! During so during the school ago. tournament, and um, we we were trying to put out content, but it really wasn't doing that well. So I decided to take a break. I uh, and I watched the Deku versus Todoroki fight in the tournament. So and I'm like, good. oh, it is, it's such a good fight. And and I'm like sitting there processing all of like this thematic stuff and everything as it's <laughs> going on. And I'm like, I could do a video on this. And I wrote and edited the video in a week. That was like our first video to hit over a hundred thousand views. Cause um, you got the peak weeb like radar with that one. <laughs> no, it, it just like all of the, all of the stars aligned for that. Um, but so we, we did see some success with certain videos, uh, but we didn't end up becoming, gaining the reputation that we currently do until mm -hmm. a few months later. This was, I want to say it was around se August or September of 2017, mm -hmm. um, when we put out a video on the dub of Cowboy Bebop. And everybody loves a good Cowboy Bebop video, especially yep. if it's related to the dub. Well, you say that, but no one really did a video on the English voice acting of Cowboy Bebop. That's really? kind of, yeah, that was kind of the thing. We had like a, a spreadsheet of video ideas. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we were going through them, um, my partner was like, hey, you like voice acting. Why don't we talk about the dub for Cowboy Bebop? No one talks about that. I'm like, really? And we did a quick search. I'm like, yeah, no one's like really, I mean, you see some interviews scattered here and there, but you haven't seen anyone make a dedicated video about it. Like, okay, let, let's do it. So we rewatched yeah. Cowboy Bebop, took some notes. I, I wrote the script. Uh, he, he took care of the editing, put out the video. I, I specifically remember this because he had to, my partner, he lives in Australia. Mm -hmm. um, I'm stationed on the East Coast of, uh, of America. And um, he had to post the video. Since he was editing it, he had to be the one to post the video. And he posted the video while I was at Colossicon East. I think it was my first Colossal Con East. Um, and I didn't even, I wasn't even like thinking about the video really at the time because it was my, uh, at the time, my current girlfriend's uh, birthday weekend. So I was trying right. to focus on that. Uh, but then when the video went, so the video went live mm -hmm. and then I went to sleep and then I woke up 
my phone exploded with notifications. <laughs> I bet you were like, what is happening? I Basically. <laughs> because, um, and, and we've, we've since more or less fixed this, but a lot, of, but for a while, a lot of people just associated me strictly with the channel. Like they thought I did everything. Um, we've since gotten away and, and show that it is very much more of a team collaboration effort mm -hmm. with everything. And uh, yeah, no, I got notifications from people sharing the video. I got notifications from uh, industry people commenting on the video. I woke up to DMs from people in the industry messaging me being like, because we put a little teaser at the end, like, hey, if this video does well, maybe we'll talk about more dubs in the future. And they were like, can you guys please talk about more dubs in the future? Oh, and... that had to be so like surreal to see all those kind of messages from like the industry. Like I would be like, ah! <laughs> I still have the screenshots on my computer because I shared them on my on my personal Facebook and it was it was pure bliss and euphoria that whole weekend. I think it was my first Colossus Connie's. So just in general, mm -hmm. it was it felt like a good felt like a good weekend. I think oh, the, definitely. I should scratch that. I, my car did break down that weekend, but that was the only bad thing that happened that weekend. <laughs> well, so there was too much good to like, yeah. like to outweigh. You got to have some bad to balance it out in some ways. So uh, yeah, since then we thought, okay, maybe we should do more videos on stuff like this. And we started coming out with like a video, about a video every month and a half pretty much because you mm -hmm. know it takes a lot of time. And uh, that's when our channel really kind of blew up. We went from like maybe 4,000, subscribers to i think we eclipsed 50 in that year once oh, we started amazing. doing more content like that and since then uh my team and i have kind of been known as the the dub guys in the community um like whenever something it's gotten to the point where whenever something happens or whenever like a new big show comes out and somebody has something to say it's like Are you guys gonna do a video on this Are you guys gonna do a video on this and uh it's very surreal actually that's that's just on the YouTube uh, content making side of things. So we've we've done a lot. We've done interviews mm -hmm. with various people in the industry, writers, directors, actors. We know there are people in the industry that actively watch our videos. Mm -hmm. um, there are even some people in the industry that I consider my friends, and I never thought I would be at this at this place like just three years ago you know right like it's like one of those it's like holy crap i'm like friends with like these big names in the industry and i'm just like i'm just a little potato <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a little star it's a little starstrucky because um you know some people do treat it very very professionally but other times it's uh the, the best people are those you can ask questions but simultaneously just kind of shoot the shit with yeah for a bit like and uh and just the fact that they're i know not everybody knows about us or anything but uh every now and then i i am i forget about that and i do get reminded we did a video on um like every time a video comes out and uh like sometimes something will happen and we'll get a message or something something that'll or we'll try to reach out to somebody for an interview and they'll be like oh yeah i know i've known you guys for a while i'm like really <laughs> <laughs> okay it's like wait what <laughs> what you so, mean you know who i am <laughs> so it's it's really um it's really rewarding in in that sense and uh i i want to say when that bebop video hit that's when like the real cartoon cypher like brand i guess started to really mm -hmm. take off 
And since then we've done, we've done various videos, myth busting things, um, trying to shed light on important issues, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into later. And uh, even just do general objective or try to be yeah. objective breakdowns of like, okay, what does it do well? What does it not do well, et cetera. And uh, we've, we've seen some pretty good success. Things have stagnated a bit, I wanna say in the past year. Um, and not every experiment we've tried has worked, but mm -hmm. it's it's clear that, let, let me put it this way. If you told me a couple of years ago, hey, if you do videos on English dubs, people will care. I would have been like, will they? Right, <laughs> but like, turns out they do. <laughs> but turns out they do. And I think that's the most rewarding thing I've, I've found about this is that people, people care more than I gave them credit for. And that kind of pushes us to keep wanting to make content to to facilitate that care right because i really think it's probably because people are finally starting like i'm not saying that people didn't really give dubs a chance but there was just like you know from the time from like the 2000s to like the late 2000s like um if you were a weeb from like that early ages of like anime watching you only had like you know cartoon network uh sci-fi channel right and, um the anime network rip the anime network i don't even know if it's still a thing and there, there the, was also a funimation had their own uh they're, had their they're own like, channel their own little bit. power like their power two-hour block i remember yeah. having that so like we had like our dubs and it was like that where people appreciated those dubs because that's how a lot of people got introduced to anime but then like people started to branch out because internet got better and we started getting like the streaming services and so people right. kind of like we're like oh i don't need the dub anymore i can just finally watch it as it airs and then that's when people are like i feel like that's when like the sub versus dub debate got like really big i'm sure yeah i'm sure it's always been around because people have um hell if you go back to like when when dragon ball was around you would yeah. have camps of people that would that would you know watch the the kind of original butchered dub that would air like on Toonami and stuff like that, uh, but you would have people that would import D VHS tapes like with oh, the yellow subtitles. Yellow. <laughs> Any pe anyone that's listening to this that was born post like two thousand eight or something, you know what a VHS tape was? Like, you all missed it. Like what there was floppy a time. discs are. <laughs> Back in the day, we had VHS dubs and they had the really crappy yellow subtitles. Well, on <laughs> like embedded into the, the strip and they were just really, really bad. But also those were the only ways that people could watch the Japanese version of these shows. They would have to kind of go through the anime black market to get these VHS tapes. Uh, but then, like you said, when the internet got big, you had a fan subgroups and that's where we got beautiful memes that will no doubt outlive us to this day oh, um, for sure <laughs> and then when uh streaming took over streaming is not that old when you think about it mm -hmm. um like when like, crunchyroll really took over as a streaming service and when funimation started their online service that's when things really took off and like you said then it became a question of well what's the point of waiting for the dub let alone watching it because i can watch these things subtitled in their original language, which was must have been unheard of at the time, mm -hmm. um, before uh, before a dub comes out months later, and now the conversation shifted again because uh, seven years ago, Jesus Christ, when Space Dandy came out, that was oh. seven years ago. <laughs> oh wow! 
God, was that really seven years ago? We tweeted that. We tweeted that out. It was like uh, it was at the beginning of the month, and I'm like, wait, this is seven years old. It's it's been oh. that long since Space Dandy came it out. Even, it doesn't even feel that long ago. No. Nope. Like, God, where do the years go? Especially Time's- when you consider that 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 changed the game. Space it really, Dandy. it really did. That that was a massive success. One of the first anime, I think it. I think it was, maybe you can find something else if you go back enough, like with co-productions and everything, but I think it was one of the first Japanese produced and made anime that aired on a Western television block like an hour or two before it aired in Japan. Mm-hmm. That that was unheard of at the time. That was a huge deal. And then a year later, Funimation's like, oh, we can keep doing this then. And now we have simuldubs. And every now and then I'll see people on Twitter be like, oh man, I got to wait like three weeks for the dub to come out i'm like oh you poor summer child you don't know you have we had to wait we would have to wait (laughs) four to six months like okay you think base actually when you consider i guess netflix is carrying on that tradition in its own way um (laughs) (laughs) but we had to wait even longer than that to get like our, our dvds and stuff i remember uh some dubs getting all of this hype when they were released and they would only get that hype because they were attached to really popular shows like when fairy tale first got a dub or when yes. soul eater first got a dub. i think that was one of my first bits of autographed merch uh back when uh new york anime fest was still a thing and oh i got a poster signed by all of the uh all the english cast of of soul eater when they were coming out. I think that was the first time I met some actors I still respect to this day, like Laura Bailey and everybody. I love Laura Bailey so much. I love her so She's much. God bless her. <laughs> like, so I, I'm, I'm going through Critical Role now, and it, it's kind of funny that uh, my, my current girlfriend, who helps us with the music videos for our channel that we still mm-hmm. do occasionally, uh, my current girlfriend, uh, who got me, who's getting me into Critical Role, uh, she knew that the the people on Critical Role were actors, but she didn't know the anime work that they did. So it's funny to be like, let me, yeah, let me con- let me show you. Oh, you know, let me show you the difference between how Laura Bailey is on Critical Role versus some of the characters that she's mm-hmm. done. And it's it just really fun. We're actually going through the, we're almost done with the dub for Fruits Basket at the time we're recording this. And it just, God, it's so good. <laughs> it it also grow. makes me sad. It also makes me sad that it's like, oh man, unless we get a Soul Eater reboot, this might be the last time I get to hear Laura Bailey in a new anime for a while. Right. Because oh. got so many other things going on, but uh, but that should also speak to the fact that the industry as well has grown mm-hmm. so much. You have so much overlap between cartoon voice actors and anime voice actors and video game voice actors. It's not just this small group of people in the back of a bank building, like when Funimation was first getting started with Dragon mm-hmm. Ball Z. Now you have you have recording studios all over. You have like dubs, like six to 10 dubs coming out every season. And it's it's very much a different time. And uh, the, those, those changes do come with their own stipulations. Mm-hmm. But I'm very happy that our channel was formed at the time that it did because we literally started at the cusp of when things were changing. Mm-hmm. And now that I have that perspective of how it kind of started, 
where the change start, how it was before, where the change started and where we are now, it makes me curious as to where things will go. And at the very least, I look forward to kind of documenting that between now and then. Because uh, a lot of people don't know these things and that's fine. You don't have to know these things. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's kind of their job to, to make sure they do a good job so that you don't always have to wonder what's going on behind <laughs> the scenes. But, um, but we also live in a world of uh, growing misinformation. And, oh, absolutely. And <laughs> cherry picking and all of this stuff. And that's, that's the more difficult part of the job when something happens or something or a translation comes out or something is said and it's like uh, people will take that and paint an entire industry like so like, we'll paint an entire industry like it. and I'm like okay here we go and like, then I have to sit at my desk and go through everything and it's like that's it's hard to keep up so much but I'm doing my I'm doing my best uh last year and especially this year I've won I've tried delving more into content creating and social media managing and uh, it's a nightmare it's a logistic nightmare to go through everything oh I bet because that kind of brings me to like um a previous question I was going to ask like so with the pandemic that happened with everything um mm -hmm. how has that been like with your content creation in general especially because I saw that you cranked out a lot of cosplays too surprisingly for a year that had a lack of conventions you still were cranking out cosplays compared to like me where I was just like I don't have a deadline so I'm, I'm not gonna do much <laughs> well I'm kind of I'm kind of that uh I'm kind of that nervous little wreck where it's like I'm fiddling with a pen right now as we're talking because if I if I'm not working on something, and this drives my girlfriend crazy, if I'm not working on something, then I overcome with this overwhelming sense of doom. So Yo, same. <laughs> is that the ADHD or is it the anxiety or is it both? <laughs> it's it's all of them. And it's like the only reason I've been uh honest to God this past year has been really bad for my mental health i don't i didn't try to show it that much except when things got obviously really bad with uh, yeah. some of the major things that were going on sometimes literally just an hour away from me um like with some of the the protests and everything oh, going yeah, on absolutely. in the past year it was frightening and um my with with the pandemic my girlfriend who's um who's uh who doesn't have a strong immune system I had to be extra careful because like if I got it, then she would get it. And it's worse if she gets it. Right. Uh, I also work in a profession where it's like, I kind of need, I'm not an essential worker, but I'm, I'm close. I've been lucky that I've been able to work remotely. It's been giving me a lot of time kind of to myself. And to be honest, I, I get that, that feeling of cons coming up. That's my deadline. I got to get everything done mm -hmm. by then. I've kind of liked the new shift that I took in the last year because it's forced me to innovate. It's forced me to both uh, for for content create, for both for video making, and for um, and for cosplay making, because I've started. I looked into how much money I saved from not going to cons because I would go to like two or three cons a year, like and that one. Does, it like does far add away, up. So that's a couple of hundred dollars. It does add up, but now it's like, oh, I don't have to spend all that money. So I looked and so I looked things up. I would pay attention to I I formulated this list 
cosplays I want to do, mm-hmm. cosplays that I think I can do. And every season, something new would come along where I would get an idea mm-hmm. and be like, I could do that. I can do that. I can do that. Um, sometimes it's, and I think that's that's kind of been the, the best skill I've developed, kind of that, oh, I, I can do this now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, why why wait? Why not just do it now? Or, oh, I don't need a lot to do this. Why don't I just do it? And sometimes it comes from just like random, random stuff. Uh, like my, my most, one of my most popular cosplays that I did last year was Prince Naveen from uh, Princess and the Frog. Because we and love, a fr- we love Princess and the Frog. Well, I can only speak for myself for part of the blurb. No, I love Princess I and the Frog too. I love Princess and the Frog. I, I, I love it. I, I recognize its flaws. It has its flaws, but I love that movie so much and I don't care. I, it's kind <laughs> of uh, difficult to look at that film in a vacuum anymore because not only yeah. was it kind of the, kind of one of the few Western like mainstream black animated films. Uh, I mean, I say that, but they, they still could have gone further with some things. I don't know why they just didn't make Prince Naveen Haitian or something. I don't know why they needed right. to make up Monia. some kind of land <laughs> or something for him. But I'm like, okay, fine. Because I always thought he was Haitian until I looked it up. I'm like, oh no, he actually, all right, fine. That's my headcanon. I don't care. Right. Um, but uh, I watched that film with my girlfriend. But this is what I mean, where it can just be like small things that would like kind of push me. Where uh, I watched that film with my girlfriend on Disney Plus because she had never seen it. And as soon as the film was over, she's like, that was good. He just looks at me. Why haven't you cosplayed Prince Naveen before? I'm like, that, that's a good question. <laughs> like, I never thought of that. <laughs> and then I, look, and I looked up his standard thing. I'm like, I literally just need his hat and a vest. Goes to Amazon, $30 later, my most popular cosplay ever really is born. Um, more popular than Archer. And I didn't think anything would overtake that because uh, that, <laughs> right? that was like the main cosplay everybody knew me from like for, was from, right. from the fate community that was the that's the cosplay that got me to work that's at like, cons ev- right it's the, it's the fan favorite and like everyone's favorite because it's archer and it's just like hold up we're gonna push that aside naveen yes <laughs> and um speaking of numbers when when i because i would always like do photo shoots and stuff like that. I had very little, I had very little faith, in my ability to uh, photograph myself and stuff like that. Cause I have some modeling experience, but I always left it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I would just be like, I'll just pose here, look pretty. And you guys can make up the difference, that kind of thing. Uh, but now that I've pretty much set up my own home studio, you can't see it now because of the background. Um, but I, I pretty much turned my room into a small home studio. And when you see that the numbers of, uh, when I looked at how the numbers for the stuff that I would shoot at home would rival or well surpass the stuff that I would shoot outside or at conventions mm-hmm. and stuff, I'm like, oh, maybe I don't need to, to solely do that in order to create content. And once I got rid of that restriction, I could do a lot more simple and more, once I realized that it's a lot more, it, it can be a lot, the process can be a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I realized there were a lot more avenues that could be opened up. And uh, yeah, I put out like 20 cosplays last year, which is the most I've cosplayed ever. Not just in like a year. That last year (laughs) eclipsed the amount of cosplays I had ever done since I started cosplaying like almost 10 years ago. And it's like, 
oh, I think I can do. That's why my, my presence online has also grown a lot more. I've gotten, I joined uh, group chats. I've gotten to know, that's another thing I've gotten to know. Thank God, kind of, we have the internet, even though it can be a devilish hellscape at times. The networking it, is so good though. It's yeah. Like, internet sucks but also the networking is really good if you know how to do it like yep and that's what i've been trying to do i've been trying to uh develop my skills as a as a network manager as a social media manager and it's i still haven't accomplished a lot compared to a lot of other content creators i mean some people started up whole businesses last year and like that's the kind of energy i love to see uh but i got us i feel like i i took a step in the right direction for what like I want my goals to kind of yeah. be and uh hopefully if I keep continuing down this path then soon I'll be able to yield yield even better results in the, in the upcoming year to come I believe in you I mean I, I know you can do it thank you it, <laughs> it's really hard uh I've also noticed how hard it is kind of as a I guess as a this might sound a bit presumptuous but as like a black male cosplayer that kind of doesn't really have a market I think compared yeah. to other groups, it's hard to kind of uh, stand out among among the crowd. And no, I was not quoting a goofy movie just then. No, like, no, it's totally be- like, especially because you mentioned uh, you're at Latino. So that's like a, even like mm-hmm. bigger, like, or not bigger, um, smaller, like hurdle, like right there. Cause like, yeah, we got like, you know, the white like content creators, but we also have like, the black content creators but then you had like the people that awful that also forget that afro-latino people exist or that, that. that is true so if we like, if we look at it in terms of yeah. if we look at it in terms of metrics um a majority of the cosplay community i think it's fair to say a majority of the cosplay community is women um mm-hmm. so so already you got like kind of men in this pocket and then you kind of have to take out a good chunk of those men that are very very toxic and problematic and yep. then <laughs> what you're left with is a a group of men that really don't stand out that much. And I think it kind of comes down to the fact that um, it's, there's again, there's just not really that much of a market for it, or at the very least, and I've talked about this in other other, uh, podcasts, because I often get that question, what's it like as a a Afro-Latina or a black male cosplayer? It's fine in the sense that like, I don't have to really worry about anything. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, I don't have to, especially compared to black to black uh, women cosplayers in in the world. It, it's kind of like a double edged sword where uh, they get way more hate, probably some of the most hate in the whole community. So there's more of a desire to uplift them and push them to mm-hmm. greater heights, which in turn gets them more exposure and leads to more more racist bullshit and everything and it, it kind of right. becomes this this thing um inversely men don't really have to deal with in general men don't really have to deal with that uh black men uh, we, we have to deal with our own fair share of shit but it's like nothing compared to compared to a lot of other groups um and sometimes uh I mean, in general, the anime community can have a lot of misogyny in it. So, like, sometimes mm-hmm. men are the prop, men are the men are the problem with all of that stuff. So, they're inversely, there's not really a big desire to push them as much comparatively. So, so that's kind of what the double-edged sword comes down to. Right. I wish it didn't need to be that way, like at all. I wish I could just say, like, 
let's all uplift each other together, but we haven't really reached the point where I can see a friend see have a post go viral or something and think to myself, ah, oh, 20% of these, like at least 20% of these comments are going to be racist, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like oh great that's like the thing it's like we want to go viral but it's like do i really want to deal with the racist assets that are going to come out if i do go viral exactly so uh so for right now um i'm probably doing better than than most but i still think i i still want to like be as good as the other content creators Mm -hmm. out there i still want to build that larger that larger following and also maybe just set an example like yeah. Hey, you don't need to be kind of this like really meme trolly personality or or kind of an kind of a SOB to be successful because it's always those people. It's always those. Always. So um again, that's very presumptuous of me, but that is kind of a that that is kind of a goal. I I want to help set a standard for like other Afro-Latina and in general, just like black men cosplayers going mm-hmm. forward. Uh, even though I think there are there are much like like Donut Kun, like uh, uh, Jihatsu, uh, Yatsukun, um, there are a lot of cosplayers that, um, that I think already do a better job setting that example. So I want to kind of follow in their footsteps and be like, yeah, let's let's all do a good job so that way we can protect our queens and up lift our kings at the same time you <laughs> right know? create like the leave an extraordinary black cosplayers <laughs> yeah yeah actually so like we love and respect juice here in this club <laughs> so that's why uh when you when you want to interview me i was very happy about that because it's it's little things like that that um like even just being asked it's stuff like that that makes me realize oh people do kind of care what i have to say and I'm very, very happy about that, but I'm also going to be careful to make sure that I am still setting a good example moving forward. I'm not perfect. I'm sure there'll be something stupid I do at some point in the future, and I hope people hold me accountable for that. Um, but for for now, I think I'm I'm just kind of doing my best, uh, and hopefully other people can see and resonate with that. Mm-hmm. So you said that your partner and your friend from Australia, are those like all the people that are part of the uh, cartoon site for a team or are there more people? Uh, it's mostly us three. Uh, let, okay. let me let me be a bit more specific because uh, when I say partner, I, I mean business partner. I know right. that even though I love him to death and again, he is my best friend, um, like I, w- I would die for this, for mm-hmm. this guy. Um, his name is Abby. Um, I'll, I'll like give you guys his social media and everything uh, to plug he is he's currently handling the uh the social media aspect for our channel like our twitter and stuff but he also mm-hmm. edits a majority of our videos we we've we've kind of been a bit more even with everything um but if you go to our channel and a video looks really really impressively edited nine out of ten times he was the one that edited it um he was also the person who started doing music focused content until it just got really hard to do because mm-hmm. copyright sucks youtube he, he sucks vlogs copyright strikes yeah so uh he he kind of started that tr- he kind of started that trend for the channel and then my girlfriend me who is am i um who is also a cosplayer she kind of took over because uh she has a music degree and she did mm-hmm. a few music videos for the channel and uh, she hasn't done one in a while but um but she is still just as much part of the team 
as everybody else. If if not, uh, like she's pretty much in charge of that division, even if like nothing has come out in a bit. But she's also kind of like the the one that slaps both of us off the off like <laughs> slaps us both in the back of the head whenever we like see something stupid online. It's like, oh man, what are we gonna do? What's gonna happen? Stop it. Thank you, honey. So here's what we're gonna do <laughs> and go from there. Um, but yeah, that it's pretty much just us. And occasionally we'll outsource our videos. Uh, well, sometimes we'll work with other people like writing the scripts or interviewing mm -hmm. and getting stuff like that. Um, and sometimes we'll outsource our videos to be edited. Uh, we put out like maybe two videos in the past year that were outsourced by a, by, um, by a pretty well-known editor in the anime community. He's edited videos for like Mother's Basement, um, Under the Scope. Uh, oh, okay. His, his name, he goes by Mr. Nice Guy. Really great guy. He's actually going to be uh, editing our uh, next upcoming video. And I guess our first video of the year at this rate. When uh, the elections were going through and <laughs> everyone was uh, like in their bunkers, sweating nervously, myself included. Everyone started putting out tweets where it's like, if Joe Biden wins, I'll cosplay this character. If Joe Biden wins, I'll make my OnlyFans free for like a week or something. Yeah. So I'm like, if Joe Biden wins, I'll review a hentai dub. And so the next day I woke up to so many notifications from people. Like once once it was clear that he had won, I, I woke up to so I many notifications from people. Oh my God. I'm so mad I missed that. It's I fine. I would have been edging that on because I'm just a gremlin like that. You would have been one of like 50 other people in my Discord. Some some like industry friends too were like, so you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it. I'm like, okay. And then I like went through it. I'm like, there's no way I can review just one show. So let me just go over the whole industry and see what stuff I can pull from. There's not a lot here because it's not a very well-documented part of the industry, but that also <laughs> kind of made it fun to be like, okay, well, I guess this will be a first step. They're so bad. They, they were so <laughs> bad. So we like to talk about diversity in voice acting, right? Yes. And let's bring it back to the conversation we had to hold off when we were having the pre-interview. Uh, so you came up with this really amazing, well-done video about is diversity that important when it comes to voice acting, such as do we want to pigeonhole our POC actors or should we let everyone? So let's, let's, so like, what is to you, what is the importance of giving a POC perspective on voice acting? Kind of the same perspective I have on everything, really. Yeah. It's, it's less a matter because a lot of what you can apply to a voiceover, you can apply to the entertainment industry at large and very broadly, you can apply mm -hmm. to anything at large it's this idea of um and maybe this is a good chance for me to talk about something that i didn't add into the video because i didn't realize it until absolutely afterwards. yeah um because my part i i i mostly wrote that video and i had the editing outsourced so my partner he gave insight um but he he didn't write the the bulk of it so he he was basically the one asking me questions like oh but what about this what about this what about this mm -hmm. and that gave me a good uh that gave me a good perspective on like how to write it and and what to watch out for. Um, he also like listened, helped listen to a bunch of interviews and stuff from other POC voice actors that like shared their experiences. Um, like Mela Lee, um, mm -hmm. 
who, who's Rin in, in the Fate franchise, uh, Danny Chambers, who's um, the, the main character, I think I think her name is Chise in Ancient Magus Bride. Um, yeah. I think that was one of her first lead roles. Um, we actually reached out to Danny. We reached out to a lot of people. Um, I spoke with uh, Danny Chambers, Anaris Quinones, um, uh, Ryan, Ryan Colt Levy, who's an up and coming, who, who's an up and coming, uh, uh, like your European voice actor. Um, he, he was just in JoJo's last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we, we spoke to a couple of non-binary and trans voice actors because we wanted to cover the broad spectrum of representation. It's not right. just a black and white thing mm-hmm. uh, because obviously a lot of this started, well, this has been going on a lot, but the conversation didn't start bleeding into the mainstream until uh, there was there was the whole Mirko bullshit controversy that came yep. out. Which was asinine yep would you believe that's my most popular tweet just calling that out and saying that it's bullshit which says a lot about everything and yep. um it's like how y'all gonna tell a black woman she doesn't that she doesn't black. sound black and she doesn't sound that that's it she doesn't sound what being generous maybe she didn't sound like what that person had heard other black people sound like depending mm-hmm. on where he lives or something but at worst, it's basically saying this person doesn't sound like the stereotype that I've always heard a black yep. person to have. And yep. that's what became really frustrating because that that simple mindset of how are you supposed to sound? Yep. That is the thing that is that is concurrent with everything else. That is the main question that even if you're not consciously asking it, it can be the subtle thing in the back of your mind not in the back of our mind, but more so in the back of the minds of people that it might not regularly affect right out the gate. And you, again, you can feel this in the entertainment industry at large. You can feel this even in the cosplay. Like again, going back to what we said about how black cosplayers or or just non-white, non-Asian cosplayers Mm -hmm. have to kind of deal with this, this sense of where, of people saying like, oh, but this character isn't this. Almost as if saying, uh, you are not properly representing the character by being who you are. And it's like, look, as long as you're not promoting anything harmful mm-hmm. or, or or like setting some kind of like really poor standard, people should be able to cosplay whatever they want. That's what cos- That's what anybody can cosplay means. It doesn't mean exactly. you can do anything without consequence because I know a lot of people like to say it in that sense. It means... Um, you shouldn't be forced to hold back for things that are not problematic and just existing should not be problematic. Mm-hmm. Me growing up with Haitian and Puerto Rican blood should not be problematic. Um, uh, uh, Zeno Robinson voicing Hawks, even though he is black, should not be problematic. Yeah. Like, and, and that's what we're talking about. Uh, maybe I didn't make that point clear in the video because if you read the comments, they're they're pretty bad. There's a lot of people that are saying things like, well, I don't care who voices what as long as the voice acting is good. I'm like, that's great. great. That's how it should be. Mm-hmm. You're missing the point. The point is that that, is, that should be the end goal, really. That should but, be the, the standard. But the problem we is we're not there yet. <laughs> Like you're, you're ignoring, you're conflating with what you want or how things should be with what they, what 
what actually is. Because when you listen to some of these stories from these other actors and actresses, like a Christina V, Miraculous Ladybug, she, she just started coming out and being like, you know what, I'm going to start using my last name, Venezuela. Yep. Because growing up, she gave her, I thought her last name was V all this time. And I guess that's Same. just a testament to how well she hid her last name and used a stage name because, yeah, um, she was worried that there weren't, that nobody would hire her if, uh, if it was clear that she was Hispanic. And it's hard to say, and it's hard to say if like it would have made a difference. There are certainly people, there are certainly um, like Hispanic people in the industry that have thrived without needing to do that. Uh, hell, if you look at um, one pe person we talked to in this, this is probably like a big starstruck moment for me. I spoke with Lisa Ortiz mm -hmm. on that, who you might recognize as Amy from Sonic. She's uh, Oshawott in, in Pokemon Black and White. She is currently the director, the, like, the, the dub director for Pokemon. And um, she, wonderful woman, wonderful individual. Her. Lisa is so nice. Absolutely love her. Like, kind one of the sweetest women I've come across. I've I've ever come across. And uh, th this mattered to her because she's like, now that I'm in a position where I can like, I can do my best to make to to make up for all the other stuff that I saw and the mm -hmm. other stuff that I heard about that I wasn't really able to do much about because a lot, cause there are people, cause I don't want to overlook the people that have legitimately been trying to like make differences. Right. Yeah. You, uh, one, one person that I'm, I'm happy enough to call a friend and um, she, she's like one of the main people we've worked with uh, Marissa Lenti. She mm -hmm. works at a, she works at, uh, she's done some stuff for Funimation. She just she, just got announced to be in the Konosuba movie. Um, but she sick. also works at a, at a recording studio in Texas called Sound Cadence. And yes, they have a they have a very diverse roster for a lot of their projects. Hell, Anna, one of Anna Reese's first roles was in one of their dubs, was in the Kimono Friends dub. Mm -hmm. So it's like it, that what they do where they like create a database and they try to always look for new talent of varying different races, ethnicity, sexual orientations, that should be the standard. And there are other companies that, that do things similarly like NYV Post and there are some mm -hmm. individual directors and writers that keep like a personal database, but the industry, there's some people unfortunately um, in the industry that still have like this kind of dated mentality about certain things. And I think you can apply that to a lot of things where people in these big oh, positions yeah. just aren't really getting with the times. Um, we just spoke- suck. Yeah, it does. When, when I, I think, you, I don't know if you saw that story about uh, Casey, the, the voice actor for, uh, the new actor for Shinji in Evangelion. Yeah, and that whole- that whole because they're non-binary and uh they well they had to deal with stuff way back when when they were uh when they were kind of invoicing other things in the industry before they started mm -hmm. realizing um their identity but even recently that oh what they you can't apply for jojo because what one of the most like overtly gay shows right. <laughs> who have like been popular in the past couple of years especially the recent seasons you're not going to let someone from the lgbt plus community right. like that makes try out for that absolute no sense whatsoever yeah like like that the anime is peak this is not hetero yeah it's not like just because they don't kiss on screen or anything it's like how could you not watch that and think oh no they seem like really good friends 
maybe they're cousins guys (laughs) or my favorite they're just roommates yeah okay (laughs) subtext is lost apparently Or, or like or like i love how you can have people that can read into all of this deep layered subtext on these really minute details of like their favorite show but they can't be open to the possibility of hmm Maybe these two are more than just friends. Nah, no, that's impossible. That, that's not. That's not how any of that works. That's no. not real. What are you talking about, guys? Yuri on Ice isn't a yaoi. They didn't kiss on screen. They're just friendship rings. They're just. They're just really good friends who like yeah. each other, want to buy each other things, and then yeah. fly a lip balm on each other's lips. Like, yeah, it's fine. It's and I'm fine. like, okay, shut up. It's that's. <laughs> Whatever. If, if you want to feel that way, that's fine. And um, the problem is when you feel that way and it starts impacting other people and that yeah. that becomes the bigger problem. If you're in a position where you're in charge of casting or, or you're a producer or something and you still have this mindset, even if you don't mean to be offensive, it, it's like that subtle, I don't think you realize that subtle bias is inadvertently affecting other people and again we feel it everywhere we there it we feel in the entertainment industry at large hell star wars do we want to talk about what went on with john boyega and how his character was treated and the backlash that that he got for just being in the franchise and poor oh my god and poor freaking kelly yeah it's like there there are a lot of deep-seated problems with the way that people appreciate media and as long as those people continue to speak so loudly it can there's there's not always um there's not always an incentive to fix things if we pretend that it's not broken or if we or if enough people loudly say uh don't don't fix this i don't think it's broken so it doesn't need to be fixed even though the parts that are making up that machine that you claim isn't broken are suffering mm-hmm so you got to look at things in a bigger picture. And we are so much better now than we were even just a few years ago. I mean, oh, Western, cartoons, Western cartoons, some of my favorite shows that aired in the last year uh, from, from Disney, um, Owl House and Amphibia. But one starred a Hispanic lead, one star has an Hispanic lead that's openly bisexual and the other Amphibia has a Thai lead. And the, the creator, I think, is Thai. Uh, I, I even think, like, their mom was in the show mm-hmm. at some point. So it's like, things, like, things are, are so much better. I'm privileged. I grew up in a pretty, I grew up in a pretty um, non-white suburban neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's, so I grew up in a pretty privileged mindset. My parents worked really hard to get me where I am. I grew up pretty privileged compared to most people where I didn't need to kind of confront that racism head on that that subtle racism mm-hmm. of um like i'm expected to to be a certain way i mean there are some people that say i sound pretty white and there are a lot of people that still don't think that i'm puerto rican and haitian a lot of people think that i'm indian um but that's kind of because i think the way i sound like this is because that's just the area I grew up in. It's how I was Same. taught. I was raised to be very proper. I'm, I'm an oldest sibling and that's just kind of how it is. Really the only time I, I think I suffered, but as I got older and as I started branching out to other areas, other communities, meeting other families, I began to see it more. It, it's not it's not great. And uh, yeah. I work with kids sometimes. So when I, when I see how it inf- impacts them, 
it, it also hurts because mm-hmm. so on the one hand I'm like I'm thankful that like I feel like most kids because that's another thing you need to look at you need to look at it as a generational thing mm-hmm. if um if someone grows up watching those shows that I mentioned or hell if they watch they're watching My Hero Academia right now and they see a character like uh what, what was his name uh Rocklock yeah Rocklock if they see a character like that, be like, oh, there, there are black heroes in this world or, or say they meet Hawks or, or Mir- Mirko and they're like, oh, those characters look and sound so cool. And then they get older and they'll look them up and they'll be like, oh, the person who plays these characters sounds like me. That's, that's already way more than it was mm-hmm. like a decade or two ago. So we are doing much, much better but as with any change, there's going to be resistance mm-hmm. and it's going to come in proportion to the amount of change that's taking place. So never get complicit and think that because we're starting to see more up and coming people of color or, or people of different ethnicities like succeeding, don't look at them as the tokens for everything is fine. Don't, don't have them become like your new Cree Summer and Phil Lamar. Yeah. Like, they're great actors and yeah they are kind of setting a standard where they can kind of play anybody but here's the thing can you name me more than just those two actors that are succeeding that Mm -hmm. became the biggest thing and i love the fact that phil when when the whole uh, cleveland show thing was coming out and um people were tagging him and chris summer i'm glad he came out and said like stop using me as like your only example for like why things should be fine we got comments like that too like oh if phil lamar is allowed to play an asian character like samurai jack then a white person should be able to play a black person i'm like okay fine but that should be the end goal right we're not there yet and we're nowhere close anytime soon so that's why we're working now yeah we're still in the we're still in the uh we're still in the I'm looking for the right word. We're, we're still changing. We're not nowhere near that ideal just yet. Like we're not trying to run a whole marathon just yet. Like we're, like we're just starting out learning how to do the track properly. Like, exactly. Actually, gotta... here's a perfect analogy because this was, this gets to the final point that, uh, that my partner asked me. He says, okay, but when will we reach that point? What, what does that end point actually look like? Will it be when we hit some kind of like imaginary quota of, of like, black to white to asian to gay voice actors does there need to be some does everything need to have an exact number to it or anything i'm like don't look at it in terms of numbers because you'll never be satisfied because who knows maybe when the industry is better you'll still have predominantly white actors or actresses in the industry that's possible i mean america is kind of predominantly white anyway so if you want to go through like metrics and statistics then sure um look at it like this and it's it's funny you bring up the track metaphor because this is what i said the way things are right now, and you can apply this to anything. Let's pretend you have two people that are about to race, a white person mm-hmm. and a black person. They're about to, they're about to do like this 500 meter race around the block, or, or not around the block, around the track. Um, but you have the, so both technically on paper, it looks like they're gonna run the same distance until you realize the white person is about 20 yards ahead of the black person. Mm. So, the, the, the shot goes off. They're both starting at the same time, but they are not starting at the same place. Exactly. And now there are some people and kind of part of what we're doing now is for the people that are already running, we want to give them a push. We want to have help them catch up basically to make up for that difference. 
that they started with. Some people will just, some people just focus on that push we give them. Like, like it could be through extra programs, through extra mm-hmm. money and all these other things that, that people say are like, isn't fair. That's because they're just focusing on the push. They'll be like, hey, I'm running all by myself. You're giving them help. That's not fair. They're focusing on, and I can understand how difficult it is to focus on anything else when you're still running, when you're just focusing on the race. Mm-hmm. You'll turn to your side and you'll see this person is getting help and they're gaining on you. And you're like, that's not fair. I, we started at the same time. I'm, I'm doing all of this on my own. Why is he getting help? Why aren't I getting help? Isn't that what fair means? No. No. Fairness means you both started from the exact same spot on the track. Mm-hmm. That is what you're not paying attention to. You're focusing so much on where you're running right. You're focusing on so much on where you're trying to go, where you're trying to get to first. You're focusing so much on being first. You're focusing so much on the race you're currently running that you didn't even stop to consider that you probably that you started this race already at an advantage Mm -hmm. Mm and it's not like that for everybody sure but like inherently on average there is a chance that you are started and you know the distance might not always be the same but you are starting at at a at a you are starting at an advantage and some people some black people are able to win that race without any help Mm -hmm. But then other people look at that and be like, see, that proves it was fair because we had some black people win at a disadvantage without any help because they worked hard enough. And it's like, sure, sometimes you can overcome. Yeah, cool. Sometimes you can overcome that distance, that 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 uh, difference with hard work. Not everybody has the option. Not everybody has the ability. Not everybody has the education. Not everybody has the environment to to help them. Or you could argue that not everybody is starting from the same difference as them. So some differences are easier to make up than others. So the way we know that everything is, that's what we're just doing for the people that are racing. We're all, that's only half the battle. What about everybody else that hasn't started yet? What about everybody else that's just getting born? That's just like, that's just finished stretching and getting up to the starting line, getting ready. What about them? We want to make sure that they are starting from the exact same place. And that doesn't mean we need to hold the, the white person ahead of them back, but we could pick up, we can have a new starting line. Mm-hmm, exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. And then, then we can have these bullshit conversations about ability and everything, because then it will actually be a fair race. That is when this conversation ends. I don't know when that is, but when I can confidently say that we're all starting from the same starting point, whether it be voice acting, entertainment in general, cosplay, anything, then I think we'll be in a, in a good place. How long, we, how long it'll take till we get to that point? I don't know. I'd like to think we'll know. get to that point before I die. Um, I'd hope, I'd like to. I'd really enjoy that, but... yeah. Even if it like doesn't impact me now, I think I'm in a pretty comfortable place. I think I'm one of the lucky ones. But just because I came out okay doesn't mean I'm not dumb enough to realize that other people aren't. Mm -hmm. I want to like leave this world in whatever capacity thinking that, well, maybe we're not there yet, but at least we made progress. Right. At At least least we're on the right track. And we're helping in some way, shape, or form to get it on the right track. 
Exactly. And it doesn't take much to, to give people that extra push to set the example, like I said before, that, that things don't need to, they don't need to suck basically for everybody. Like you don't need to look at, cause I don't want to give people those pushes while they're racing. I don't want that to be the new standard. I don't want us to have new token actors that are just mm -hmm. dominating roles. I don't want only a few people to succeed and then be like, okay, we can call it a day now. No, I want to set an ex I want the race itself to change, not just the individuals that are participating in it. Right. Like we just need new rules. Like, yeah, we need overall change. We all need a overall success, not individual success. And I love the example that some of these actors are setting. And I love that they are using their platform to like continue to highlight when things aren't, aren't going well or might not be going well. Um, it's a start. It's still a start. But maybe, maybe if I close my eyes long enough, next time I open them, that starting line will be at least a little bit closer to the starting lines will be a little bit closer compared to, to the, where they were before. Um, again, I didn't come up with this analogy until after the video was done because that would have been a really no. good analogy to put into the video. No, it's, but, we always have like our best ideas after the project said, done, turned in and completed and everyone liked it. And it's just like, crap. I yeah. I forgot that one. So that's why we have stuff like this. We True. can add these little extra tidbits in for people to enjoy and to listen in because who, who knows someone else might have had the same like thought process too that i was like oh man i would have loved to hear this point and it's just like but wait there was other people out there that did have that same idea so now it's put out into the world well i hope people will find it and uh and resonate with it because because that's honestly how i feel and the most i can do right now is just like i said keep leading by example tr keep trying to promote those around me like smaller people smaller accounts smaller content creators i i say this with uh, a following that is very small compared to the people that have actually like made it and everything but i, I want us all to following. grow together yeah i don't want to pull out the ladder from behind me i want to like i want to clear off make sure there's nothing on it that gets in the way and be like okay it's safe let's keep going I think if we had more people like that, then then things in general would be much better. So I think so too. Well, that was great. So where can we find you on the interwebs and st stalk you social media wise? Honestly, if you type in Mr. AJ Cosplay on Google, I think you'll find like all of my socials, my Instagram, my Twitter, my Twitch, which I just got affiliated Oh, uh, like literally the other day so that was cool uh my twitch and uh my tiktok i guess i'm trying to be more active on there as well um oh, you're doing is, better than me <laughs> <laughs> if you so if you want to find like me individually that's the best place to if you want to search up my partners and my my if you want to look up my girlfriend who's also like a great cosplayer um you would look at uh, miguo m-i-g-u-o um it's it's usually spelled or written differently on different platforms, but I think if you just type that in on Google too, you'll see her Instagram, her mm -hmm. Twitter, and her Twitch as well. Um, uh, for my, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, for my partner, his name is Abby. Abby, if you type in um, J-R-R-B-K, 
Apoor, A-P-O-O-R-1. You'll find his Twitter. And uh, if you want to find you know, this symbol anywhere, uh, the Cartoon Cipher, literally just type in the Cartoon Cipher. You'll find us on YouTube. You'll find us on, uh, on you'll find our business Twitter there where we post clips and fun facts like every day. And that's probably the best place where you can find our upcoming video. Unless you want to be a patron, that would also be a really cool thing. So you can get in Subscribe contact with Patreon. us more directly. Help the creators. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it. We got a lot of stuff. I got a lot of cosplays planned, like revamps and stuff coming up. I'm streaming a little bit every week and, uh, working on those big video projects in the background. I'm a busy boy, but, uh, hopefully I can continue to meet all of your expectations. That is, that's just what I want to try doing. All right, everybody. Thank you all for joining in this episode of The Blurred View. It's your girl, Nekal Yasha, a.k.a. Danny. And this has been Mr. AJ Cosplay. Thank you all for joining and have a wonderful day, night, evening, whenever you watch this. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.